Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Welcome to the latest Alex Garrett podcasting. And, uh, you know, very glad to have Tony Welsh on my podcast yesterday, the Irishman actor who actually escorted Al Pacino, who was Jimmy Hoffa, out of prison. Pretty cool. I got the, the one of the guys who, who stood right next to Al uh, in that uh, Scorsese film. And now we're going to go back to something which I'm very passionate about, which is causes and what causes there are to talk about. Well, right now I've got one that my next guest and actually longtime friend, Keenan Gandhi, my gosh, Keenan, it's been 20-something plus years and I finally get you on this podcast. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, sorry, I was just closing my door. Hold on. Yeah, I think it's been like, what, 22 years or something? Something like that? At least, definitely. And, uh, you know, I've noticed through your social media platform, you've become a lot more active. But tell us why uh, Starbucks is on your radar today and why accessibility impacts you. Well, I mean, for the disabled community, I think it impacts everybody. It's just I've known that for a while. It's just the reason why I bring it up, especially today, because after leaving, a woman helped me open the door, open the door to leave, and she was like, and I was just like, oh, I wish they had the handicap button. And she was like, yeah, I agree. Oh, and by the way, I'm an OT. So she she understood where I was coming from. So that's why what, what made me post. But tell people your story if you feel comfortable. Tell us why accessibility matters to you because this is the first time I've had you on. Well, accessibility is important because certain places, even in New York and all around the country, aren't accessible even in the slightest way. And, yes, like you and I are fairly independent people and we're able to do a lot of things, but there are certain times Starbucks is an example that it doesn't help us. Keenan has a power uh, power power wheelchair he navigates with, and this is why um, it's important to him. But as Keenan also noted, you know, he doesn't let his disability stop him. So with that being said, if we're not going to let our quote-unquote impediments, I don't see them as such the world will, but I don't stop us, why are these big companies still slacking? Who knows? Like I said in my post uh, about, what, hour, hour and a half ago-ish, it's 2021, and a lot of corporations, not everybody, they don't consider it or they don't think about it. Uh, who knows why? So that's now, why, uh, you know. It, would you I, consider writing an email about it? Like, I don't know. I feel like there are ways alongside social media to call them out and and really get them to fix this, have you considered writing an email to them? Uh, I, I, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but I'll probably be emailing the corporate office and knowing them they probably won't listen. I'll can, we can give it a shot, but who knows? You know. So it's just stunning to me because Starbucks is... is um, in general, a great company. I'm just surprised that this has happened. I mean, I think you've noticed that too, because you go to Starbucks as much as I do. So, 
I mean, you've noticed it. And like I said, you and I are fairly independent people, and we're able to open those heavy doors. You know, we're we're lucky enough to be one of the groups of disabled people that are able to handle most situations. But, you know, certain times when people open the door for me or, you know, help me out without even me asking, which is nice of them. And so it it also puts a little bit of, it's a little, I appreciate the help. We appreciate the help, but you also wish there was the handicap button. Like, like a lot of, like, retail stores or the museum that I work at. So you would think a bigger, even bigger corporation would implement it. Clearly, that hasn't happened, which is... Keenan, uh, people, this is the first time some listeners may be getting to know you, Keenan. So tell us about what it's like <laughs> zooming around the museum, the the uh, Aviation Museum at NASA. Uh, well, just zooming around and on Long Island in general in your power wheelchair. What's that experience like? And do you think in general, though, um, accessibility has increased over the years? Of uh, over the years. Of course it has. I mean, like I said, living on Long Island is pretty, pretty um, accessible because, yes, I have a handicap accessible van to take me places. My parents take me places. And if I need to, I have able rights. But most and most destinations, excluding like Starbucks or Dunkin', let's just put that in there, most of them are accessible. 95% of it is. But but I mean, the ones that aren't, we've got to get to. You know, I, I'm just thinking as we talk, Keenan, is that you've actually grown your Instagram to like I think five thousand plus followers, if I'm not mistaken. No. So yeah, I wish that was true. That is not true. I had barely had well, five hundred. It seemed like you had more followers though, to be honest. So well, I mean, I think. I how how do you um? Well, how do you utilize your social media to get people more aware? I mean, do you feel like you could do better at it? Do you like how you're utilizing it? Do you feel like you you do utilize it to bring people aware of situations? Or? Well, I mean, I don't not primarily don't use my social media for things like that, but it doesn't mean I don't think about it. it. doesn't mean I don't. It doesn't go through my mind. I just use my social media for things. I like doing or like watching or like music and stuff like that. It's not not that I don't care about it, obviously. Otherwise, you wouldn't have brought me on. It's just my social media is just things that I enjoy. Is it? Can I put something about handicap accessibility on there? Of course I can. But my my social media is just things I enjoy doing or watching or looking at and talking to people. I have nothing against putting it there. It's just my social media is not geared towards that. Does that make sense? Well, let me ask you this. Sure, but let me ask you this. Do you think companies listen to us even on social media, or do you think they sometimes just well, click and scroll? I mean, Alex, I mean, you're in the same boat as I am a lot of times. Like, I, we are very independent, but even though we call out a lot of companies for not doing it, at least ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, they don't listen to us, and 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 
you're lucky that we're part of the group that's able to handle big heavy doors or open doors or do things that a lot of disabled people can't do. We're lucky in that regard, but that doesn't mean we don't have those struggles with it too. Um, yeah, we, we are very fortunate to have the ability yeah. that, that we can and the ability to adapt. You know, a lot of my focus is now adapting. So uh, that's why let you me have ask you. Which is really nice. You're well, let me ask you about that. So on your regular Starbucks run, as I mentioned, you're in your power wheelchair. Um, yes. You do have CP, cerebral palsy, but I'll ask you about yes. that in a second. But adapting, how, how do you adapt to your local Starbucks run? I mean, look, our Starbucks run definitely isn't the regular run, as it is for some. So how do you adapt oh. to it? I'll tell you how I in a second. Well, I mean, thankfully, they have, like, the ramps, the, the handicapped entrance where they have where you park, and they have the the ramp going in, getting to the front door. My main concern is the front door doesn't have the button to open the door handicap accessibility. Other than that, it's pretty accessible. Mine is the 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 button that you would see next to a door to open it automatically. That's the problem. But I want to so, explain on this because oh, okay. sorry, because That's, you always show me a picture of iced coffee in your hand or iced whatever in your hand. And I'm wondering, how does Keenan drive with his joystick and hold his iced coffee? So tell us a secret. How can what? someone who's, who's got, you know, got the joystick and, and then they got to carry this, how, how do you do it? Well, like I said, most people want to help me because they see me. I don't ask for that help. But my there's no secret. <laughs> I hold my... I, I'm a righty, so my joystick is on my right side. And then I hold hold whatever I have on my left, and I would drive. And if there's no one to help me open the, open the door again, I would just push it with my footrest, and then I would go through and call it a day. That's literally it. Well, and for those who don't know, you, you can actually walk. You can also walk a little bit, can you not? I know. I remember you, yes. you have that ability as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, so you've known that for like hmm. 20-something years. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but that's, well, that's literally the secret. It's just I hold my joystick on my right side because I'm a righty, and then whatever my contents is, whether it's Starbucks or something or anything, I would hold it to my, on, my, on my left hand, and I would drive. That's all. That's the secret. There is no secret. It's just I know how to do it, and I've learned how to do it, and it's relatively simple for me. Depending but like to us, all, all of this is simple. But Keenan, to be very honest, like I'm trying mm-hmm. to get also to an audience that is literally having to adapt to a power chair right. or amputation that they have had right. later in life that we haven't been. So I think hearing your story, so. Let me ask you this, right? So while there can yeah. be times of inaccessibility, let's say there's someone out there who hasn't hasn't been fully, dis, you know, fully in a power wheelchair their whole life. They're adjusting to it now. What can mm-hmm. you say, having been in this experience for years, to say, yes, you can do this. I don't care if you're in a power wheelchair for 20 years or one yeah. year. You can do this. 
Like, what, what kind of message of encouragement do you have? I mean, look, you and I have been part of a community and a school for, what, 20-something years? And like I said, you said, we've adapted. And as long as you keep doing what you can do and try your best, no matter what your situation is, whether it's fairly independent or not, as long as you try your best in that regard, you should be able to do it. I mean, you will be able to do it. As long as you keep trying and doing your best and don't let situations get you down and just keep going, that that's my best advice. I mean, because I, really uh-huh. I can't really give a big main point because every person is different. Every disabled person is different. So there's no concrete answer because everyone deals with things a different way or handles and you know, different disabilities, different severities of the disability. So there's no clear answer. It's just for your situation, as long as you do your best and do the best you can, you'll you'll get through whatever hardships you have. One thousand percent. Uh Keenan Gandhi is his name. He's my longtime pal from HBS and Queens College. Did you find Queens College was accessible? Did you like that accessibility they had there? Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean that's why it was part of the uh what the was I really part of the disability office? No. It's just, actually, it was because of you. Because remember, when I first got my list of classes, I showed you my schedule, and you helped me figure out where all my classes were. And that then, was fun. And then we dormed together for a year, yes, which was also an experience. year and a half, August 2012 yeah. to May 2013, and then you graduated, and then I dormed with Vish. Vishal, our, our roommate, and then Liam, who was interesting, let's just leave it that. And then I, and then I graduated a, literally a year after you. It was literally a year after you. And so then, yeah. uh, I know you're fun. working at the museum, and I know that you get a lot of letters from people saying yeah. how you've been able to help them, and I know those letters make you feel good, but. Um, what what's your goal at that at the aviation museum? What do you want to do there? And there's a, there's the reason I started in the museum in the first place because you know as well as I do that there was no chance for me to teach. Did not want to become a professor. Professor didn't want to go for my master's because I didn't want to teach. Not that I have anything against going for my master's. I spent five years in school, three years at NASA, and then two years, year and a half at Queens. So by the time I was done, I was done. So the museum, because of my background, being history, more specifically American history, I think it was a good experience, good for my resume, and I learned more historical things along with the aviation side, because, and this is my volunteer tour guide coming out, <laughs> and I can do that. Go for it. That'll- um, but when you when I started with the museum, yes, there was a history part of it, but I had no idea that the aviation side on Long Island was huge. And I mean huge. There was 
Mitchell Field, Roosevelt Field. There was something else that I don't remember, which is really sad. Um, but Long Island was huge when it comes to history. And the Wright brothers started here, you know, what, you know, Mitchell Field was a big thing. The Golden Age was, and flight was a huge. And when you start volunteering there, you learn that things you had no idea. I mean, look at it this way. People who live on Long Island come to that museum all the time. And they meet the dolphins, including me, depending on who it is. Uh, Even though they lived on Long Island for God knows how long, they still Uh have no idea. They still have no idea that aviation on Long Island was massive, that it was a lot of things happened. But that's when they come to us and we have to explain to them. They're like, oh, wow, really? I'm like, yep. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, it was like like that for me when I first started. And it's been, what, 2014 and 20 was six years. So 2021 is seven years. Now, now I know everything. I've done. I've been there for seven years. So, so let me ask you this now, because because you've been sort of employed even as a volunteer, that's employment, so to speak. So, do you feel that, um, in addition to being a customer, how important is it for these companies and museums to encourage accessibility? And how good are they at at doing it for their workers as well? Do you feel that the job market is open to the disabled community? And if not, how can they? How can we widen that, you I know, mean, window be, for people? You know this as well as I do. You might not have the same experience as I do, but I've I've done many, many, many interviews, and you've done this through our, you know, regular conversations. I've been through so many interviews and gone to interviews. Getting an interview is usually not the problem. You, for me, it's one of three reasons. One, they're not hiring at all. Or four reasons. Two, they they don't call me back for an interview. Three, they have I go for the interviews. They say I do well, or they like me. Or same thing for you, uh, and. Or it could be one of three reasons. One, they don't have jobs available. Two, the job that you apply to has already been filled. Or three, they have a job that you physically can't do. Oh, sorry. They have a job that you physically can't do because of you because of your of your situation. No matter, like for me, no, they see me, they like me, they can tell I'm independent. But the stigma for hiring, hiring a disabled person, not everybody, because people do get hired. I'm not saying that. But there's always the, oh, we, you can't do this. We can't hire you. You can't do this. We, we don't have a position for you, that type of thing. So, yeah, it hurts a little bit. But then you're like, the stigma for a disabled person is still there for employers. No matter how independent they see you are, or you know you are. But let me just tell my, yeah, well, let me tell my audience a little bit that, you know, even though he might feel the thing that Tina keeps, 
but you still keep applying, which is important to note, you know? You don't stop. I mean, I stopped because of COVID, but other than that, I would be going to interviews. I would be doing the things I, I was doing before, you know, but it, it you could have the experience. They would, they could like you. They've told you, me that to their, my face. Because you know one-on-one in-person interviews, so you can see how they feel about you and how well you did on the interview and blah blah blah. It's just not they didn't. They they're not looking down upon me. I mean they kind of are, but they don't tell you. But it's just the one of three reasons: they don't have positions, the position's already been filled, or they have a position you physically can't do. Like you know how in restaurants they have the podium where the the person stands and they. You know, you yeah, know, like the greeter, I think. Right, you know how they have the podiums where they read out your names and they bring you to a table. I we, I can't do that apparently because I have to be on my feet for eight hours. You didn't either. There you go. I yeah, lost yeah. you there for a minute. I lost you there for a quick second. I, I've got to ask you that. No worries, but I've got to mm-hmm. ask you this because yes. on the same coin. We also see like community service videos of someone in the community who's disabled uh, be hired, and I'm just like, that's not true for all cases that's, yet. That's, that's, what I'm saying. that's exactly what my point is. I'm not saying that disabled people don't get hired because you know that's not true. Or sadly, they only get hired for like you know when you go into a. Bed Bath and Beyond, for example, or something to that effect, something like that. They get hired for, oh, welcome, and that's it. <laughs> like they, they're the greeter for the, their 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 job. You know that. You know what I mean? They're like the greeters of the of the establishment. Yeah. They get hired for stuff like that, which I don't mind doing, but then. You know, oh, you love it. I mean, you, you, you love talking, so you would love to be a greeter and you love talking to people, <laughs> I, I but, think. I mean, do I really want to be a greeter, though? Not really, because you and I are both worth more than that, but hey, <clears throat> what can you do? I'm saying that's just, that what you're that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not, not everyone doesn't get hired, but the stigma for us are still there, no matter how high-functioning we both are. And yes, I can drag you into this because, again, we know each other. <laughs> and we know how we work, and we've known each other for 20-something years. So we know each other, how each other works. But that doesn't mean to employers, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything. Because they can give some sort of excuse not to hire somebody. Do you uh, okay, well, let me ask you that. What drives you to keep going? You just said a few minutes ago you never stop. So what what wakes Keenan Gandhi up every morning and says, I'm going to do this today, even the, no matter the response? There, because, you know, with COVID and everything, I, I didn't want to stop, but I want to stop because I'm, I'm too apprehensive to go out. But maybe after I get my second dose, after the two or three weeks that I need to get fully um, immunized, I might, I most likely maybe will start looking again. Because right during COVID, I was like, nope, 
because not that applying for application is not the problem. I I'm, I was scared to actually go and, you know, see them for open, you know, interviews. So it's not that I'd wanted to stop. I think Corona stopped me. Because of right, and I think it, it stopped a lot of people. Yeah. And it's tracks. By the way, second dose on Sunday for me. I'm very freaking exciting, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. April correct? Yeah, April 11th at 10 a.m. Mine is either April 21st or April 22nd. Because remember, I have I made an appointment that's closer to my house instead of Inwood. But I still have the other one if I want to use it. There's a difference between saying, you know, I have this and I can't do this versus I have this, but I will keep going. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm saying in general, like, there's a big difference. So my question or my, my thinking and question to you is, Starbucks obviously needs to shape up with this, but more importantly... A lot of people, companies do. Like Dunkin' well, is the I was gonna same say, thing. Dunkin' is the same thing. For and independent you know people. Yes. For independent people in the disabled community, how important is that extended branch of independence uh, thanks I mean, to corporations, thanks to the ADA? Like, how much of a role well, can they play that may not they may not even realize? I mean, I mean, honestly, I think they already know. I mean, do you think a big corporation like Starbucks doesn't know that they have disabled people coming into their stores? Oh, you know as well as I do say, I'm sure they know. There's no way they don't. However, it's probably they don't want to implement it because of, you know, money, but who the hell knows? I'm just guessing here. But uh, they know. You know they know. You know they know. Alexander, mm-hmm. you know you know. But, I mean, it's up to them. We can try. We've tried. And, like, blah. Nothing happened. And the only reason I brought it up today, because the the girl who helped me open the door as I was leaving was an OT. And you know, you and I are very familiar with that topic. Even though you didn't have to do it, but you were there. So... She she understood. She knew how annoying it was. So that what that's what compelled me to not her, but that whole conversation with her. She said, Oh, I'm an OT. I'm like, oh. Then you understand. I'm like, Well there you go. <laughs> um Yeah, so <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. it. I mean You know, the other thing I wanted to ask is though, because you're so independent when someone mm-hmm. does ask for help, ask you if you want help, does that bother you or do you accept it? Like, what's your first reaction? Of course it doesn't bother me because it's not like I'm physically going up to people and asking for help. Um, so I, I just feel like there's a war against people who ask for help. They see, like They see me opening the door, but they they feel compelled to help me. They don't have to because I'll be able to do it on my own. But they they choose to help me. I don't ask them. And I say, thank you very much. I accept it. Like when I was supposed to say, no, don't help me, 
Like, no, that's not that's not how that's not how you handle the situation. So of course I said no, thank no. you very much. Shit. That's all you can do. You I'm not gonna be like, Oh no, I don't need help. I can do it. They're going on the way. I think it's also a realistic thing, right? So if we're realistic that sometimes we do need help, that will benefit us in the long run. Yeah. Like I think that that depends on the person you are and what your severity of your disability is if we're going that route and how independent you actually are. So true. Keenan, we got to have you back for more in-depth conversation because I feel like your story is not ending here. Your journey is not like I'm talking to you, so you can continue. I don't care. Uh, just saying, I, I I loved having you on, and I want to have you back for sure as your journey progresses here. And maybe, just maybe, no. Starbucks will, like, will hear this. When you want to have me on again, just let me know. Will do. I'm Alex Garrett, where, of course, we're always adapting.